All right, uh, take your Bibles and turn over to uh, John, Book of John. And we're going to read a few verses here. John chapter number 1. And uh, we'll start reading in verse number 1. John 1 and verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was in the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was not was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bare witness of him, and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man have seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for another day you've given to us. Lord, thank you that we can meet in this forum, Lord, of online, and we look forward to the day to return together. And Lord, uh, Lord, we be with our leaders as they uh, make plans and strategies. Lord, give them wisdom from on high. Lord, I pray for our medical professionals, our frontline workers, those who serve us so well. Lord, thank you for those in our church who are in those roles. I pray you bless them and for all you encourage their hearts, protect them. I think of our seniors, those who are vulnerable, those who might be feeling a lot of anxiety right now over this time. Oh, I pray that indeed they would bring it to you, to the mercy seat. Pray for Ian as well. I pray you watch over him, encourage him, strengthen his body. Now, Lord, I pray you be with this message this morning, that it be used in a great way for your honor and for your glory. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel of John was penned by John. Uh, he was a little bit older by the time it was written, and it was the last of the Gospels to be circulated amongst the brethren. And uh, I, just a little bit of background on all the Gospels, they, they all had a different focus. Information I'm going to give you now I found in uh, Willington's Guide to the Bible, which is actually a textbook for our Faith Bible Institute. A little plug here. You should sign up for the fall uh, and be encouraged. You will learn a lot uh, from God's Word. And uh, let me encourage you that way. But at any rate, 
Matthew was written to the Jews. That was the focus, Jewish people. Uh, and then the emphasis is we see Jesus' teacher, the emphasis is Jesus' sermons, and uh, there's a portrait of Christ as king. He, that's who he's going to be, and he, that's who he is. Uh, Mark was written to the Romans. The style is more of a preacher, and the emphasis is on Jesus' miracles, and he's, ser- and he's seen as a servant. Uh, that's how Jesus is seen uh, throughout the book of Mark. And Luke is written to the Greeks. And the style is a historian. I'm, I'm reading through Luke right now, my personal devotions. And Luke goes into great ta- detail as a historian would to tell all about the situation. And emphasis is on parables. That's, that's the emphasis. And the portrait is the perfect man. But then when you come to the Gospel of John, it's different again. Uh, written with the whole world in view. Now it's just not Jew or, or, or a Roman or Greek. It's for everybody. And, uh, I mean, the whole Bible's for everybody at any rate, but John specifically is focused that way. The style is a theologian. The emphasis is doctrine. And uh, it's a wonderful book. I mean, they're all wonderful. We see a side of Christ that the other gospel writers don't touch on because John was a part of that inner circle of Jesus' disciples. Uh, he was just a handful of those that are really close to Jesus. And if you haven't read the book of John, you will see pretty quick, if you want to look for key words, is believe in eternal life. <clears throat> They're mentioned numerous times in the book of John. I firmly believe that we need to make much of Jesus in our church and in our personal life. Now, I'm not talking about foolish antics or unbearable noise. Okay, I'm not talking about those things. But rather, we need to listen to the Lord, and that's by being in his word. The Lord Jesus has a word for everyone. There's no one in this planet that this word of God does not affect. And if they would take it, it would affect them. So in the first three verses here of John chapter 1, we see Jesus is pre-existent. Uh, he is constant. According to these verses, Jesus simply always has exist. Now I'm going to tell you that you think about that for too long, you're going to get a headache. That's impossible for us to comprehend. As humans, we are defined by time that that's how, how that's how it works for us he didn't come into being in bethlehem he's been throughout endless endless ages eternity past the lord has been eternity future the lord will be he's constant he's unchanging the word of god is changeless uh, let me read you a couple of verses here in hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever great verse wonderful verse uh, that's why as Christians we can depend on Jesus Christ. That's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You probably have been feeling a little bit lonely, maybe even a little bit neglected. Well, the Lord, the word of God tells us the Lord never leave us. He's there with us. And we need to look to him. So he's pre-existing. He, 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 he's constant. Uh, and then we see he's, he's communing. The idea that the phrase here in uh, verse number one, second part of it, and the word was with God. This is, he is present in heaven, in the presence of God, in the heavenlies. He stood as a distinct person. Jesus Christ was not an afterthought of God. He wasn't something conjured up, something, and when things got out of control. Jesus was there when God made man in his image. Genesis one twenty six tells us that, and God said, let us Make man in our image after our likeness. That's more than one. Uh, okay, this, he was there. 
Jesus there in the heavens uh, when the plan of the to redeem the world was put forth, was formulated. Uh, Titus 1-2 tells us, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And 1 Peter 1, 19, verse 20, and 20, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was made, was made manifest in these last times for you. Since before time began, Jesus was with the Father in heaven. At the latter part of verse 1, and what the word was God. When Jesus came, he came to preach repentance. He's been controversial, Jesus has been. Mark 1.15 says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's what Mark 1.15 says. Uh, he came to preach repentance and men thought, that's strange. Why would you do that? He began to heal and perform massive amounts of miracles. And men thought he was a prophet sent by God when those things happened. You find reference to that in the Gospels. John chapter 3 verse 2. And when he spoke the word of God with power, men were amazed. They were surprised by it. Let me read you a verse from Luke chapter 4. And they were all amazed and spake amongst them saying, What word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth unclean spirits, and they come out. They were amazed. However, when Jesus claimed to be equal with God, men thought he was crazy. And they crucified him. Find that in John chapter 16, verse 7. It's May 2020. And men still grapple with who Jesus is. They're willing to accept. They have no problem with a humble Christ. Ah, uh, they have no problem with a teaching Christ. I mean, lots of even religions agree with that. Oh, Jesus is a good teacher. A meat Christ, yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. A dead Christ, yeah, that's totally okay. Oh, a serving Christ, okay, whatever. But they will not acknowledge who Jesus Christ is. God, man. He's still 100% God and 100% man, all wrapped up in the one. It's best summed up in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. I would encourage you to read that this afternoon. In these amazing verses in Philippians chapter 2, the apostle sets forth a clear and concise language, the fact that Jesus existed before Bethlehem. And he willingly humbled himself and came to this earth to be a servant, to serve. In verse number 3, we see that you know, he was behind the creation of this world. All things were made by him. <clears throat> That's pretty amazing. It tells us that Jesus was the energy behind the creation of the universe. Not a big bang. Not a big bang. But by God. By Jesus Christ. And it spoke and it was. It spoke. He spoke and it happened. He stood on the edge of nothing and spoke into existence everything we see around us. This world. The universe. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created and that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and all is before and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. It's by the Lord's hand. He made it. Now I'm grateful that this God is my God. 
and this Savior is my Savior. I'm glad that I know that he's, he's pardoned my sin and his available uh, salvation through him is for all men. The worries and pressures of life should dim for us when we understand the power and might of our Savior. Matthew 28, 18, I understand this is part of the Great Commission, but the verse, the power here is for all, is for us as Christians to help us with all things we face. And Jesus came and spake to them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And we can trust him. These four truths taken as one, we see the pre-existence of the word of God, Jesus Christ. He always has been and he always will be. And thank God for that. There never will be a day throughout eternity that it doesn't include Jesus. No matter where you wind up in life, what place, location, or what you have to face as you travel through life, you can rest assured that the pre-existing one is there with you. He's there. He cares. And that ought to be a great encouragement to every believer because that's a reality for you. Now, verse number 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is incarnation. Uh, I mean, we've heard that word before. It's simply the bodily manifestation of a supernatural being. Uh, we see the manner here. The, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The manner of his incarnation is a mystery. How could God become a man? That, that, that question in the, we can ask, but the answer lies only in the mind of God. I mean, we can't figure that one out. That is just too beyond us. But we do know some things. Okay. What we do know is that God chose a virgin named Mary and caused her to miraculously conceive and bring forth a baby son, Jesus. I do know that on the day Jesus was born, God came to earth and somehow the word became flesh. I do not understand the whole process, but I'm trusting by faith and God is good. He, we can trust him. Well, Jesus himself uh, was existent in eternity past. He took upon himself the robe of flesh. The creator was born to the creation. God placed his life into the hands of mortals, and now he's being served by what he's created. Truly incredible. Amazing. That verse there as well talks about he dwelled, or dwelt, in verse number 14. The word is <clears throat> interesting. It means that the idea of uh, pitching a tent or uh, abiding literally means those things. So he pitches a tent, he abides amongst us mortals. He lived, he worked, he prayed, he suffered, he died among us. God walked among, uh, walked upon the earth and was unrecognized by many, if not most, who came into close contact with him. Was made flesh. The idea means to be kind of be set into the stage, put into place. That there, that took place in Bethlehem. God stepped out of eternity and stepped and still uh, stepped into the stage of human history. He became man, and he came for the extent for the purpose of providing salvation. When Jesus came into this world, <clears throat> it wasn't an accident. It wasn't like an oops, or we're not sure exactly sure how this is going to pan out. Uh, but he came for the purpose of providing salvation for all. First John 1, 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard and we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon, our hands have handled, of the word of life. 
Back to the verse 14, and we beheld his glory. Now, John was one of the few who saw Jesus in all his glory. In Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. John, along with James and Peter, accompanied Jesus upon the mountainside. And Jesus there allowed the veil of his flesh to be pulled aside, like a curtain, you could say, and revealed the glory that was concealed beneath. Jesus concealed his heavenly uh, frame within when he on the earth when he was here in an earthly frame he concealed it. His greatest glory, though, was that he allowed himself to be nailed to the cross and to die for sinners. That was the reason that Jesus left the splendor of heaven and came among men. That's why he took upon him the robe of flesh so that he might come and provide for all mankind. It was not a surprise when he arrived on earth. That's what he did for you and for me. And he commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what Christ did. He died for you and for me. He demonstrated his love in the clearest fashion of all by giving his life. Look down at verse number 18. No man have seen God at any time, only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. According to this verse, Jesus came to reveal God to men. The word declare means to unfold. Everything God did was simply an effort to unfold more of the revelation of God to men. Men need to see God, not just as a lawgiver, though he was, but they also need to see he was a lover of all men. Not only as a righteous judge, though he is, but also as a justifier, the only justifier. Not as some hateful, supernatural agent. No, no. They need to see that God is a saving and caring God. Jesus did this with his life. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by his word of his power, when he had made himself pure unto our sins, sat down upon the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus came to put God on display before men, and he did this in a couple different ways. <clears throat> Two ways, really. Verses 4 to 9 in this chapter, we see he came to proclaim, proclaim the light. In him, uh, life was life, and life was the light of men. He came to a world which was spiritually dark. And he opened the curtains of grace and revealing the truth of God to all men who are wandering about, searching in the darkness. Jesus came to illuminate the pathway so men would know how to go to God. I don't know you, if you've been to a camp sometime, maybe an isolated place, uh, very little uh, electricity or whatever, and that flashlight was necessary to get to the cabin, to take care of business, whatever it was. The reality is Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Now, if you have tried to tell people of the light of the world, Jesus Christ, you will find there's two, I mean, I guess there's three, but there's really only two possible ways it can go. Uh, either men will repent of their sins and trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, repent of what they believe and trust in Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh or they refuse. 
Now, I'm sure there's times if you have witnessed that people are like, well, maybe later. Well, that falls into the latter part. They refuse. Okay, It's either you're for it or against it. That's what happens. And one leads to salvation. Obviously, if you accept Christ as Savior, you put your faith and trust in him, you're saved. So that's one. And the other one leads to damnation. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life, and he that believeth on not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. So he came to proclaim light, and he came to proclaim life. Verse number 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to then gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus came to this land, this, this, to his people first, uh, you know, to, to show the promises that had been declared in his, in his word. He came to tell them there is only one way to the Father. There's only one way to experience eternal life. It's a really sad verse <clears throat> in verse number 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Man, that's a sad verse. That's a very bitter thing to think about, that he came with a message of salvation, of hope, of life, and it was not received. But at the same time, the message is still given out to all men. His owner said no, but there are still lots of men who needed to hear, and they would react positively to this news, and they would receive Jesus Christ into their heart and life, and they, they would experience being born again. Jesus makes it clear in verse 13 <clears throat> that his life comes not by, or this life through Jesus Christ does not come by birth, not by blood it talks about, not by your good works, not the will of flesh. And unfortunately, there's lots of churches out there. There's lots of people proclaiming that I'll get to heaven on my good works. Well, the word of God says no. It's through Jesus. And not by the work of another, the will of man. I can't save you. No one can save you. You have to make that decision for Jesus Christ. It's through the will of God. The will of God is through Jesus Christ. John 6, verses 36 to 40, talk about this. The, the verse 40 is really great. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. There's only one entrance into eternal life, and that is through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. There's only one. He is the door. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He he is the door. He's the only way. John 14, 6 says that. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If anyone will enter into life, they will enter in through Jesus. There's no crawling over the walls. There's no, oh, I'll do it my way. Oh, I'll figure out a way. No, the way is figured. The way is done. It's through Jesus Christ. That's, that's the only way. It's through Jesus. I can't say that I have my mind all wrapped around the truths of this portion of Scripture. I'm so glad for the truths. 
and I believe them by faith. They are, they are amazing. They are wonderful. They are incredible. And that's for us as individual believers. I praise the Lord for revealing the gospel to all men. I'm thankful someone told me about the great salvation. I'm glad that sinners like myself can come to Jesus uh, by simple faith and be eternally saved by the grace of God. I'm glad that at the same time, he humbled himself. Jesus Christ humbled himself. He did this. I'm so glad he did this for all men. And I'm humbled to know that I can know the word of God. I can know Jesus. Personal way. Now this morning, before there was a racket in my house, people on the move, I was able to sit down and I was able to get to know the word of God better. Not for preaching for you, but just for myself. To know what the Word of God says. And to apply it to my heart and life. I hope that you as a believer would never grow tired of that wonderful relationship we have. What an amazing Savior we have. Don't take it for granted. Oh, rejoice. Lift his name high. As the psalmist does, often tells us, rejoice. Lift his name high. Now, throughout this series in John... We will be examining the life of Christ. It's really all about Jesus. Jesus, as we see, will, was always inviting people to follow him. Always. Inviting them to come by faith. Perhaps today you're watching this and you sense, you know that you don't have Christ in your heart and life. Maybe you've heard about Jesus before and maybe the Holy Spirit is just convicting you of some things you know jesus died for you he rose again for you his blood washes away your sin and he can give you a new life if you'll accept jesus christ as savior don't put off that great decision don't say i'll do it another time you don't know if you got another time take care of it today look to jesus dear jesus thank you for your wonderful word Thank you that we can get to know you in a great way as individual believers or we can grow in grace. We can testify of your goodness. We can live a life that demonstrates what you have done in our lives, how you've changed us. Help us to give you praise and glory today for it. Now, Lord, if any be watching today and the days ahead, Lord, don't know you as Savior. Lord, I pray that you would convict them. Lord, you would show them their need. Their need of you. It doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter what they've done. They can't earn salvation on their own. They need to come to you. You are the way. You are the door. Lord, I pray that you would encourage their hearts. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. If you have any questions about what you hear and things of that nature on these messages and our daily devotions, please send us an email. Message us. We want to help you in your spiritual journey. Absolutely. That's our desire. And if you don't know Christ as Savior, oh man, we would love to show you from God's word how to know. That is the greatest thing. 
absolutely the greatest thing.